0: Welcome, everyone. It's Wednesday. So you know what that means. It's our newest weather wise. And I'm meteorologist Ulysses Garcia, and I'm with
1: meteorologist Sloane Haynes.
0: So yeah, so today we're actually going to be talking about Tangier Island. And the reason we're going to talk about Tangier, uh, Tangier Island is because it's actually sinking. Yes, it is mm-hmm. sinking into the Chesapeake Bay. And, um, you know, we've been I'm um, hearing stories about it. I've been, you know, we've been reading it online, so we might as well just talk about it since it actually does affect um, Delmarva. So when it comes to Tangier Island, in case you're wondering, it's actually in Virginia and it's located um, just all, like southwest of Chrisfield. But yeah, um, so it's all about the fact that the island is little by little it is sinking just because of climate change, but also the fact that we're dealing with numerous events of coastal flooding and also. Um, rounds of erosion Mm -hmm.
1: and that has become a concern because they have seen since um i believe the 1800s about two almost two-thirds of the island to be now inhibitable because of these rising waters so this is something that um Scientists have been monitoring and doing the research for this podcast topic just because it's such an interesting podcast topic to cover because it has gained national attention by climate scientists across the country. And also journalists are um, very interested in going to this area to see how local people from Tangier Island are reacting to um, the rising waters and the erosion. Uh, Climate scientists and researchers are attributing this to uh, climate change, um, especially with the rising waters and um, stronger storms that we're seeing. Now, for the erosion, the best way to think about it is um, Ocean City, Rehoboth Beach, Bethany Beach. Sometimes you could have a strong storm move through there, displacing the sand, causing beach erosion there, washing away the coastline. And that's what we're seeing to this island. Now, this island, I believe, is about a square mile. It's not a huge island, but 400 people do live there. And since the 60s, locals have said that they've been seeing communities going underwater and people either moving away from the island or moving closer um, towards the areas that are still exposed. But researchers are saying um, due to the rate at which the waters are rising, they could see... um, Tanger Island become uninhabitable wetlands by 2051. And that was released back in November. A group of scientists did say that.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they say they, the island um, at the rate that it's going, it has about 30 years. I know that um, you know, like Sloan mentioned, the population has been decreasing um, over the last hundred years. And at one point it actually peaked over 1,100 people in the early 1900s. And now, like Sloan mentioned, it's just over 400 as of 2020 but like sloan mentioned because the fact that they're losing land most people are just um are abandoning the island they're either going to move towards us towards where we are here Mm. on the mainland on delmarva or go across the bay to the other side on the western shore of delmar uh the western shore of maryland or virginia so but yeah definitely the fact that um researchers have said they only give it about 25 to 50 years and 50 Mm. years at the best rate and i know they're there are ways that they're trying to fight it. I know um, I was reading some stuff where they're saying that some people like they've actually had had their houses, um, you know, lifted a little bit. And, um, yeah. and there's even like, I even read an article where they're trying to plant more trees um, yeah. just to try to figure out ways um, to combat the situation. But like Sloan mentioned, the fact that we've been dealing with stronger systems and the coastal flooding and just the beach erosion, is just really eating away. And the fact that also, With the sea level rise as well it's just um, becoming more of a concern um, for the area so um, and like sloan mentioned like most of the island about two-thirds of it is gone so it's really concerning especially um, the fact that most of this area as we speak is just wetlands it's swamps but the fact that now it's getting taken over by the sea it's also killing um, it's also in a way kind of um, killing an ecosystem on its way as well, because uh, you know there, there is a difference, obviously, between a swamp and the sea. So, like, there's actual grass and stuff, mm-hmm. and different types of animals there are are getting mixed in. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely going to affect, like, um, you know, businesses and the economy, not just for Tangier Island, but even areas more towards, um, you know, Chrisfield, which is like pretty much the closest place mm-hmm. um, to that area. So, it's there's definitely. Um, A lot of urgency to try to save the island, like Sloan mentioned.
1: And um, just to talk about some stats really quick, this is from the um, Commonwealth of Virginia. But they're saying that the island is slowly being flooded by the bay at a rate of eight acres per year. So that's how they um, determined that two-thirds of the island has been lost to the bay since 1850. Now, to put something else into perspective, Tangier Island is about three feet above sea level. That's really not a lot. So if we remember those um, coastal flooding warnings and everything that we had back over Halloween weekend in 2021, that was a concern with um, Tangier Island, especially because they did see flooding from those coastal systems that did cause the coastal flooding. You know, we saw historic flooding in Crisfield and that's attached to the eastern shore of Maryland. So Tangier Island did flood. Um, there, are, there are, I believe, 210 homes on Tangier Island. And with that flooding that occurred back in October over Halloween weekend, 10 of those homes were flooded. There was an article um Done a couple of years ago by the New Yorker covering Tangier Island. And the mayor at the time had made a comment saying, Oh, do you see that piece of water over there where you're seeing something sticking through the water? Well, that used to be a community 10 years ago. So just showing how the island has changed over the years. So 10 homes were flooded during that system. And this is back in November, one of the ways to save a sinking island was what Ulysses was talking about, were the trees. Now, the financial aspect is also important here. Just people have questioned, well, why don't we relocate the people? Why do we want to save the island? And from a financial perspective, researchers agree that it is cost effective to um, relocate the town. So, it would cost about $150 million to relocate um, Tangier's residents. And it could be as much as $350 million to bulk up the island and protect its shoreline. Because the locals obviously do not want to lose their hometown, they don't want to lose their island. A lot of them have grown up there, lived there, had families there, have businesses there. I mean, fishermen, crabbers very common profession there in Tangier Island. So they don't want to lose their way of life. And they would rather bulk up the island, have some way to protect the shoreline, have some way to protect them from the flooding. But that is very expensive. So one way to try to combat this is what Ulysses was talking about was planting the trees. So this was um, back in the fall. And The types of trees that were planted were eastern red cedar, southern bayberry, and live oak trees along the island's eastern shore. These species were specifically chosen because of their durability and windy and salty coastal climate. So that provides some benefit to the island that it can, these trees can withstand because these trees can mitigate flooding in many different ways such as the leaves reduce the amount of rainfall that reaches the ground. And, of course, their roots absorb groundwater, which allows the trees to continue to grow and prosper, and the trees to anchor into the soil. And this does cause the erosion to reduce. So not as much erosion will occur. Also, when the trees grow larger, it can act as a natural windbreak. So there's many pros to them planting these trees. I haven't seen any studies Um, since they've planted the trees, the results of this, but in total, volunteers did plant 150 trees.
0: No, yeah, so absolutely, yeah, 150 trees, so they're trying to just figure out the ways, um, you know, to combat, and like Sloan mentioned, is just like to, um, you know, by planting trees, you know, incorporate with the soil, and it'll just give it more, um, you know, stability, and to try to prevent it, but obviously, um, so, you know, and like Sloan also mentioned previously, the fact that Um, you know it's they're just trying to look at what's the easiest way to save the island or like said like is it easier just to move the people and yeah it's like slow mentioned it's yeah I understand it's cheaper to move people um, but like you know mentioned is that you know people have made lives there and they have families and generations there so it's definitely uh, you know a tough situation um, for the people on Tangier Island and I think also the fact that uh, you know, even being on Tangier Island, I think also something that's also going to be affected is just like, you know, the tourism, just because, you know, people mm-hmm. know heard, have heard of Tangier Island and, it's, you know, people can go there on a ferry. But with the situation of rising sea levels, it's like there's less and less to look at there because it's slowly sinking away. Um, so that's something also you want to consider. But the fact that we're also seeing the transition of a swamp becoming part of uh, of the sea as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So. That is the concern with Tangier Island. Um, The locals, Ulysses talking about, you know, having their roots there, wanting to stay there. But also for our local economy, Um, many of um, our crabbers, of our fishermen, do come from these coastal communities, especially off the coast. I mean, we have Smith Island. They are also crabbers. They're also watermen, along with just even in Crisfield. That is a town that's built on their fishermen and um, crabbing enterprises. And that's also a lot of these um, seafood options are what make their way onto our plates in the summertime or whatever season, oyster season I know is in the winter. But this is just what we'll see as over the next um, 20 to 50 years, as Ulysses was saying, is that the impacts from Tangier Island sinking are not just limited to um the environment limited to climate change but also limited to how this will impact the economy
0: yeah and then like and the thing is also like really concerning like you said about the nearby islands that there is like smith island and deal island mm-hmm. and uh i know there hasn't been a lot about them but i mean the fact that if tangier island their situation is definitely something that those islands have also to be concerned about i know even Chrisfield as well like uh, I know when we had that flooding event last year, the coastal flooding event, uh, Crisfield was dealing with a good amount of coastal flooding. So the thing is with um, with Tangier Island, if it does happen, if it unfortunately goes under, uh, you know, this is really going to create more of a situation now for areas that are closer to the mainland like Crisfield or the other islands that are on the Chesapeake like Deal and Smith mm. Island. So unfortunately it is, um, it's not just, a Tangier Island effect it's like Sloan right. mentioned it's going to affect other parts of Delmarva as well and it's definitely going to be raising concerns um for their situation when it comes to dealing with um sea level rise mm-hmm. coastal flooding and also um uh beach erosion as well
1: so. mm-hmm. and not only will we lose Tangier Island but Tangier Island's culture and um their way of life and their traditions. A lot of the articles um, we have been reading to research this, the journalists, even though they're talking about something so very important and so very serious, they all comment on the way of life in Tangier Island and how they have a specific accent in everything just because they're not secluded, but they've been pretty much living there since the 1800s um, carrying on some terms from their ancestors. That's also something to think about, um, not just losing the island, but the history and culture that goes with it. Now, of course, climate scientists, um, do research to find ways how we can combat climate change and what we can do to help, um, the big thing with climate scientists is that they are monitoring, um, CO2 levels, and determining how that impacts the atmosphere, greenhouse gases, things that could lead to more um, coastal systems that could lead to coastal flooding, and just seeing how, you know, reducing these levels and changing what we do from our day-to-day routines to be a little bit more eco-conscious to help out um, or to combat, rather, climate change. So there's a lot of resources online to see how uh, climate change impacts sea level rises and how it impacts um, coastal communities such as Tangier Island that you can research on your own. Ulysses and I just felt that this was a very um, at-home topic for us to cover, especially as um, we head throughout The next couple of months of summer happening and rainfall being a concern for the island. I saw in one of the articles, they went to the school in Tangier Island and they were talking about um, that there was water in the school from the flooding. And the teacher said, oh, yeah, this happens sometimes and they'll still have school. So they are used to the flooding, but they obviously do not want the flooding.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know like reading some of these articles, like most of the people that live on the island, they like, the way they explain it is that um, they they have managed through the situation, but they're saying, like, you know, I, I remember, you know, once upon a time when that area there didn't have anything, and now, like, when we get a coastal storm, it always floods up. So, like I mm. mentioned, it's just, it's becoming um, just kind of a an everyday, you know, part of their everyday routine, unfortunately, um, but it wasn't there before, so they just have to adjust. And, and, yeah, like Sloan mentioned, the reason we're bringing this up is just because, uh, you know, we just want to make sure that, you know, uh, here on Del Marva, you know, that, that it is happening um, closer than you think. It's not it's just something that's happening, say, like mm. out in the, like Louisiana, uh, where the hurricanes have been hitting them uh, consistently. And I know mm. they're losing their swamps as well, or, yeah. or you know, other parts of the country, like in Florida, where they have the keen tides, um, especially during like the month of October, where they have like the abnormally high tides um, for them, over like in Fort Lauderdale and stuff. So it's a lot closer. Um, then you think, and that's why we're really bringing out this podcast out. That um, that it's not just um, something that's happening out in the southeast, but it's also happening even here out in the Mid- mid-Atlantic mm-hmm. as well.
1: Well, I think we've covered everything about Tangier Island. We do have a few minutes left, so should we talk about what we can expect over the next week?
0: Oh yes, yes. So um, so yeah, the next week. If you've been um, if you've been tracking the weather here. We were actually pretty warm on Tuesday, yesterday, before the cold front arrived. We made Mm. our way into the 80s. Then we saw some rain and even a thunderstorm. And then temperatures are going to be cool. And I mentioned on Monday that even though we are going to see our temperatures begin to warm up somewhat as we make our way uh, towards the weekend and into early next week, uh, the Climate Prediction Center has put us in a a below average weather, not just for 6 to 10 days, But even extending out towards 8 to 14 days, so that's even Mm -hmm. including towards Mother's Day, we could be seeing a trend where temperatures are below average.
1: Yep. And um, the best part about this week, though, is after yesterday, we're staying dry through the Mm -hmm. weekend. We're going to see that sunshine. The winds that we're having today will calm down as we head into tomorrow and finish out the work week. So that is very exciting for us. To have a beautiful weekend coming up, although some cooler temperatures in the forecast, as Ulysses was talking about. Our next chance for rain right now, based off of models, doesn't look to be until Monday evening. So we have a good stretch of dry weather in the forecast to get outside and do something. I know on Tuesday, took advantage of the warmer weather and spent some time outside. And although we are cooling down, Thursday, tomorrow looks to be the coolest day out of the next week. So maybe Thursday, stay inside. But after that, we do have some nice weather or comfortable temperatures rather as we head into the weekend.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I think also, though, however, though, if you have uh, started gardening, just make sure you keep track of your crops because Mm -hmm. we could see some temperatures over the next couple days that could drop into the 30s and could potentially even bring a bit of a light frost um, across the area. So we can't completely rule that out, the chance for that. Um, for the next couple of nights before temperatures start warming up into the weekend. But also, I think with the cooler weather, um, you know, if you're a fan of this type of weather, um, you know, just enjoy it because the fact that we're going to have low humidity, cooler temperatures is something that um, I know most people are going to be craving in just a few months. But I know yeah. like as we make our way into May, we are going to start seeing that big shift from the type of nice weather we have right now with the cooler weather and the low humidity to eventually a summer-like pattern. With the humidity and eventually temperatures making their way towards 90 um, throughout the month of May. So, um, so in a yeah. way, you know, I know if people are not a fan of it, I think in a way um, you might want to take advantage of it before the weather changes yeah. um, in a big way.
1: Also, as we're in the off season right now, take advantage of walking the boardwalks, the beach towns before it gets a little bit too crowded down there. But I think, Ulysses, we covered everything that we wanted to talk about, Tangier Island, and what we can expect.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, so the t- biggest takeaway here is that, you know, Tangier Island, unfortunately, it's, it's sinking. And we just wanted to talk to you guys about it, how it hits close to home. And, you know, we're also wondering just to just briefly tell you about the forecast for the next seven days, but really just all about Tangier Island on this podcast. So um, once again, thank you for joining us here on WeatherWise, where we give you weather wisdom. I'm meteorologist Elysses Garcia, and I'm with
1: meteorologist Lynn Haynes. Until
0: next time, everyone, take care and have a great end to the week and weekend.